Testing, testing, one, two, three. I think this works still. This is Jesse from The Climb, Dakar Rally Daily Show, and it's the wrap-up show. It's not part of the race. The race is over. Race is done. Thank God. Nobody cares about rally racing right now. For sure. I know I don't care. It's over. The next time anybody's going to give a crap about rally navigation racing on motorcycles is going to be December 22nd of this year when we start asking people for interviews for probably, next year's yeah. rally. <laughs> probably January 1st. This is when we're like, oh, shoot, we forgot to do interviews. Yeah. You guys Wait, busy? Oh, you, hey, Jesse, do you want to do a podcast this year? Yeah. yeah. Hey, um, excuse no, me. Oh, it's Christmas. Factory Sorry. racer. Are you busy doing anything on Christmas? Would you like to talk on my fake radio show? It's not on the radio. <laughs> Could be lucrative for your career. <laughs> uh, hey, what's up, everybody? It's Jesse and Quinn. As you know, we're uh, celebrating the one week anniversary of not getting up early in the morning and doing a podcast show. And it's actually a night show today. Yeah, it's been a good week. You know what night shows mean? Oh, yeah. We don't drink coffee, we drink beer. Beer show. Thank goodness. It's a lo- I'm in a much better mood. I've been in, yeah, I've been in a better mood all week. <laughs> uh, we need our sleep and we were deprived on that rally. What a, what a wild trip that race was. Yeah. We sound like a bunch of whiners because Weird. I'm pretty sure everybody that was actually there is still recovering or anybody with a real job gets up that early in most parts of the country, like yeah. that has to commute or works construction. I felt like the farmer. I felt like the morning news guy, though, you know, like mm-hmm. that person that has to be up on doing the 6 a.m. broadcast or something for a week straight. Yeah, and, for sure. You know, so they're up at 4 o'clock in the morning and they got to get ready. and Their family never sees them. Yeah. A um, couple, couple news tidbits. You guys didn't know this, but behind the scenes, Mr. Ziegler over here is dodging baby bullets like crazy. My wife is like eight point something months pregnant right now and we got through the whole show without her calling me at three in the morning or five in the morning saying come home we're having a baby we were we were touch and go there for a little while it was there's still good one day we thought maybe something was going to happen there yeah she's hit some speed bumps on this one and we really uh we're wondering if we're going to have an early baby but we're we're stabilized now we're just riding our own race now try not to make any navigation mistakes just taking it day by day Little baby Ziggler number three is coming out probably in another couple weeks. That's my prediction. What's your prediction since you're good at these predictions? Yeah, what are we looking at? The due date's Uh, February 18th. Man, Uh, it could be be Valentine's Day. Might be a Valentine's Day baby. Yeah, might be lucky. Might be lucky. Usually works the other way around, but. Yeah. (laughs) Usually make babies on Valentine's Day. Don't have them. Well. We're not like everybody else over here. That's for sure. Um, so we're going to do a couple things today. Main thing we're going to do is we're going to give a $1,000 climb gift card away today. Um, yes. Thank you, everybody, so much for all the comments, insight, funny stories, quotes on our Instagram page at Dakar Rally Daily with underscores between all those words. Yeah. It's it kind of cool to see that people were actually listening to, to the show and it wasn't just us talking to each other in the morning. Or just like, people we know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I heard you guys' show. I liked it. Yeah. It's like your mom telling you, you did a good job in the game. Thanks, mom. Yeah, I listened to that for a couple <laughs> minutes. But yeah, great insight into what people enjoyed, like their favorite guests. You know, obviously the the Skyler House, Mason Klein, uh, Matthias Wachner, like pit reporting was a big highlight. Mason Klein was top on the charts. Everybody's favorites. Um, yeah. Daniel Sanders. Sanders for sure. Yeah, yeah. Sanders is no BS attitude. He liked, he liked calling the boys out, calling them princesses. Yeah, his princess and, quote. Yeah, that was, that was pretty good. Yep. Got a lot of love for that. As he deserves. That was pretty awesome. Um, so we had uh, 200 and some comments on that post and we left it up over the weekend just to let it cook. And so people could get a chance to enter because we're not fancy. That's how we're doing the contest. So we're going to give that away. $1,000 from Climb, who's our title sponsor. Our first title sponsor. Our first sponsor ever. Yeah. Thank you, Climb. They crushed it for us. I don't think I've ever been sponsored. I told people I was sponsored. But really, I was just buying stuff. Just 
Yeah, buying stuff for the sticker. Because this might surprise you, Quinn, but I've never actually been paid to race motorcycles for like a job. Isn't that surprising? Really? Yeah. Why wouldn't someone want to pay you to race (laughs) motorcycles, Jesse? They uh, paid me to talk about motorcycles after I rode them, and people took pictures of me to make me look good. Yeah. That's the journalist part. But racing, nobody's cut me a check for that yet. And trust me, I have applications in a lot of places. Yeah, we've had some, we've seen a few uh, resumes come through, come through KTM from, uh, from old Ziegler here. I don't know why they're not getting picked up. Yeah, there's a lot of those. There's a pretty big trash bin. I, the only thing I can think is there's a lot of negativity coming from my race results around you racing adventure bikes and beating me at the same race where I'm racing a normal size bike and you're on an adventure bike. And you're beating. Aren't you doing one this weekend? You're racing National Hare and Hound. I am on a out. KTM 890. Yeah, I'm going out to the Desert MC National Hare and Hound Lucerne Valley. So is that uh, the one we raced last year? That is. That's the one I beat you at last yeah. year. So last year it was snowing. The day before, snowed when we got there. Got a hotel room smartly. We were we were gonna camp. <laughs> we were gonna camp out in the van, and there was idea. like a foot of snow on the ground. So I'm yeah. like, mm. and I had a fresh like. KTM 250XC, like dialed two-stroke, totally stock, how I like them. Yep. And you had an 890 with every R&D modification they can do in Austria on it. No it wonder pretty, I got beat. It was pretty stock. No wonder I got beat. But you're doing that again. You're going National Hare and Hound racing on an adventure bike again. Yeah, I've got some testing I need to do for some electronic stuff that we've been playing around with on the uh, on the adventure bike. So we're going to go and, and do the race, the adventure class out at the national hair and hound. And man, it's actually kind of a good time. We've had quite a few more, uh, guys on adventure bikes show up and start racing the, start racing the series. So yeah, really cool. If you haven't been to a national hair and hound race, you should go check it out. It's a spectacle of awesomeness and it's also frightening to do. It's, it's no BS. You're going fast. Um, the start is intense. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing in any form of motorsports like a, like a bomb run start. No, I mean, a, a desert cool. race start is, you know, you have 150, 200 guys lined up side by side, dead engine start, and they hold a banner up for one minute and it's just dead silent for a minute and then they drop it. It's a really it's long minute. Just chaos. And if you're not the first guy, you don't see anything for like two miles. <laughs> you're just riding blind. Yep. Very cool. Um, I'm not racing this weekend. I'm on baby watch. Oh, come on, Jesse. Baby watch. It's happening. I can't leave the county. I don't know what the rules are, but I can't leave very far because my other kid is only six and she can't drive mom to the hospital. That's not going to work. She's not yeah. going to get an Uber. I don't want to be that guy that has a weird. My wife will be home. She can call Charlie. <laughs> she'll, she'll take her. You know, I when, don't know what my kids are going to do, but I would never. We would never live that story down. When you're like, you guys were racing motorcycles. <laughs> I had to take your wife to the hospital, deliver a baby. Yeah, Ooh, that'd be one of those good stories. It'd be the worst thing we've ever done. It'd be a fun story. Um. Right, so well, Dakar's over. Dakar's over. We got we, stuff to give away. We know who won. Sam Sunderland won. Sam did. Sam crushed it. It was, uh, got to see some cool, uh, cool images on his social media and everything from, from Sam kind of coming back to, to Madenkoven and in Austria to the KTM headquarters and everybody welcoming, welcoming him with the gas, gas, uh, just like a party explosion of red everywhere. They painted that factory red for him. Yeah. It was pretty cool for sure. And, you know, to see Stefan Peer, the, the uh, owner of KTM there, you know, shaking Sam's hand and just, you know, you could see he was super proud of, of his brand. Yeah. The racing heritage there is like, it's not, it's more than heritage. It is the company and uh, it's not just a tagline. It's, (laughs) it's literally the only thing they care about is winning. Yes. And, and racing. (laughs) Yeah. Racing in general, because it teaches them so much about the next step they have to do and the next step and it keeps them sharp. Like that's yep. what I got from Mr. Pierre when I talked to him here. They did like the KTM new facility unveiling and I chatted with him for a little bit and you know, dude loves racing and it just goes through the whole company Yeah, from him. And you know, I mean, it's like just in our company here in, in Southern California at our headquarters, I think we have 
something like 40 ex professional racers who work for KTM. So it's, uh, it's pretty wild to, to walk through the company and see all these guys that have, have raced pro at some point in their career. And then they've moved on to, you know, work for a company like KTM. They're just feeding the beast over there. Well, as soon as I get my factory contract, you can expect me to be an employee Call again. You an ex professional. As soon as I'm pretty, an ex, pretty quick. <laughs> as soon as I'm an ex professional, one race contract. <laughs> I might be. I might be looking for a job after my professional racing career winds down. Um, there's some stuff coming up. There's some events coming up that aren't Dakar Rally. One, the whole topic about this World Rally Championship is something we got to talk about a little bit because it's never really been structured like this before. Dakar has never started the World Championship Series that I'm aware of. It's never been. It's never part even of been part of it. It's been its own standalone event because it is the event. It's like the Tour de yeah. France isn't generally part world, of the series. World Championship has been practice rallies for the Dakar. Yeah, and that's kind of the way it's been thought of. And guys would pick off, you know, one or two for practice, but you know, rarely would they really follow the whole series. Right. And it was never that prestigious because everyone knew that they were just there testing and practicing and yeah, it wasn't super serious. Mm -hmm. Even last year they started in June, Kazakhstan ended in November at Abu Dhabi. Still a six race series, you know, doing Silkway rally, rally dos Certos rally du Maroc. So hitting all the big ones, but really people pick and choose them. Most of the time there is a champion every year. Like clearly Pablo Quintanilla has won it. Uh, Matias Bachner won it last year. Um, but this year, Dakar is supposed to kick off a surge of this World Rally Championship, you know, resurgence yeah, they, or focus. They added what's called the the Rally GP class, yeah. which is they're trying to run in kind of a, a parallel to MotoGP and where they have Rally GP and Premium Rally racers. 2, yep. which is like for the younger racers Up and or everybody else. And then they even have a like Rally 3 class, which is for, I think, enduro bikes with road books on them. Yeah, not fully built. Yep. race uh, rally bikes yeah and so then women's cool. and then all the other classes too quads and everything else right yep, yep. <clears throat> so excuse me um so the big question we have and we don't got any answers on this yet we're just putting a question out there first is a who's going to show up to all these and race them and make this a true world championship deal this year yeah. including the dakar rally like so, is that is that momentum going to actually go and is are all the players going to get to all these races? Right. Uh, we're going to find out pretty soon, I guess. I mean, Abu all the guys, up. yeah, all the guys are signed up for it. A lot of, you know, basically the whole top, you know, 15 guys are signed up. Yeah. Um, you know, aside from the Yamaha guys who didn't sign up, which is the is big mystery. And, you know, it is maybe possibly an indicator of that, that Yamaha team, maybe not continuing on. Yeah. So that's, that's the that's mystery we need that, to solve in the next little bit and bring yeah. some insiders in on the show. Is Yamaha going to continue rally racing after a successful year? The fourth place, you know, Andrew Short, top 10, two guys in the top 10 after a catastrophic year before. But did they burn everything the year before and they just had to get to the finish line before they left? We don't know. I mean, it could, officially. It could very well be that, you know, last year was such a disaster with not one bike finishing and a lot of mechanicals and, you know, if last year was a budget year and they had to go back to Japan or whoever and ask for more money, they probably didn't get it. Yeah. I don't think that they were very happy in, in uh, Japan after would have been like 2021 a Ziegler application on the table. They'd have been like, well, we're just going to file that over there with the other bad ideas. Right. But they had a successful year this year. And so hopefully they, they came back hard and yeah, find some money and yeah. get back at it for sure. That's, that's what we got to know. Because without without Yamaha in the mix, we're kind of starting to go the wrong way in rally. We're starting to go back to you know two or three fish yeah. in a in a pond. Start talking about the big two, you know, where we have yeah. KTM Group and Honda. Mm-hmm, right. Even though Sherco was impressive and Hero was impressive this year, I think they still have more potential. But they got a big that that next jump is a big jump, right, to get into that overall contention for those race wins when there's so much teamwork yeah. behind I, the I other mean, teams hero hero was very impressive this year and yeah. i think really all they all they need is a rider a, a real top experienced guy and mm-hmm. then i think you know i think their bike's competitive they just need to hire someone to 
to go win. And, and hopefully like with their new bike, they get someone who, you know, will trust in that brand and trust yeah. in that team and go, go over there and, you know, then they'd be a potential podium contender. Yeah. Cause they did, they didn't, they weren't plagued by the engine swap penalties as much as the Sherco team was. And we know the Sherco is pretty great looking bike and it obviously worked pretty well cause you know, Santolino and those guys were going fast. Um, but you know, it's just a learning experience. We yeah. talked about the guys trying to develop the KTM bike and it's like, like to get that thing developed this year and to win the race is like right. a miracle. That, like that's I mean, crazy. That was a big deal for, for Sam to win on, on that brand new bike. And yeah, you know, after seeing all the work that, that everybody put into that and, and all the testing that they've done over the last year and a half and, you know, just, just while they were here in the U S just the, you know, month that they were here testing was like, I mean, these guys work so hard and the mechanics are tearing stuff down and pulling engines out, changing parts and doing, you know, working until dark at, you know, out in middle of nowhere, Barstow and they're yeah. testing suspension until dark because they're, they can't find the setting they want. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it all paid off. So yeah, it's really impressive. Well, uh, Abu Dhabi is going to start on the 4th of March and historically it's been hard to get information from these races, but we're going to keep our opportunity ears open. See if we can do some coverage from more of these rounds coming up. That's the next world round. Kind of competing with that is North America's premier rally event. You know, the Sonora rally that starts on March 14th and 18th. Um, yeah. So it starts there's stuff four coming days up. after Abu Dhabi finishes. Yeah. So, so not very likely that we're going to see any of the top guys from Abu both. Dhabi coming to Sonora. And um, I, I believe all the HRC guys are are planned to go to Abu Dhabi. So which would um, be our defending champion of the Sonora Rally, which is Ricky Brayback. I think he won two times in a row. Yeah, before it was canceled, it didn't go run last year, but in 2020 he was in Mexico winning when yep. the pandemic really shut down, and he was like, "Wait, what's happening? That's right. <laughs> what's happening in America? I can't go home. Maybe I can. I don't know." So yeah, to check the stats, see if he has won twice. I think he's won twice. I know, I know another guy who won twice. Oh my god! Here we, we go. Talk about that. That was, that was a long time ago. Here we go. It's not a Quinn Cody, but talk about how good I was. Show. Yeah, you know. Washed you also up, got washed up racer. You also got ninth year rookie attempt at the Dakar Rally, just like Mason Klein, who everybody talks about the next best thing. So did Johnny Campbell. We know right. everybody cool in Dakar got ninth their first time. Different, we get it. Difference is I was like 35 my first time at Dakar. <laughs> so yeah. I was pretty much washed up already by the, Basically by the time up. I even got there. <laughs> Mason's 20. Mason's got a little bit more yardage ahead of him, yeah. I'd say. No offense. I'd say so. <laughs> um, so those are the big rally things. Hey, if you're going to do a rally, sign up for Sonora Rally and you're a North American. For sure. They also have a um, navigation school on the 12th and 13th before the race. So if you got like a nice trust fund and you don't have to go to work, (laughs) just do the whole thing. Just head on down to Mexico all of March. Go for a ride and go navigating, do a race, go for another ride. Yeah, the area that the Sonora Rally is in is super cool. So it's just across the border from basically Yuma, Arizona. Yep. And there's a, there's Mainland. a city there called Rio San Luis, Colorado, and it's a uh, right on the Colorado. It's at the mouth of the Colorado river. So where the Colorado river Jumps used, into the- used to flow into the Gulf of California, <laughs> yeah. um, before they dammed it up and, you know, we stole all the water and you water your lawn with it here yeah. in California. But, um, great city there. And then there's these massive dunes called it's the Altar desert. And it's a massive erg of sand. It's basically a sand sea that goes, you know, 150 miles South along the, the mainland side of the Gulf of California, uh, down to a place called Puerto Penasco. And, uh, Puerto Penasco is this beautiful kind of fishing town on the, on the Sea of Cortez. And so they have bivouacs there. They have a couple different bivouacs all through Sonora. Um, amazing food. You know, it's just a really cool event for sure. Mm-hmm. So if if you ever had the opportunity to do a rally and, you know, starting off, it's a really good one to to start out with. Yeah. Mortgage mortgage that house. Pull out some equity, people. This is I worth it. I think it's even that expensive, really. It doesn't, yeah. I meant it's, it's, more, it's more about the time. I don't even know what an entry fee is to Sonora now, but you can drive down there. 
considering from the it's so close. States, okay, so here's the entry you don't have fees. To ship your bike on a container. It's twenty five hundred dollars early entry fee. I don't know when that cuts off. That's until February twenty eighth. Yeah, so that's you have time. Twenty five hundred bucks. Yep, and that's what six days of racing. Get all your meals included, the bivouac. I know people thing. that spend twenty five hundred dollars on their suspension revalve that they don't need. Right. <laughs> your stock suspension works fine. <laughs> go race, go race Sonora Rally instead. You have way more fun than uh, you will with that. My factory motor. Yeah. The factory motor build. I mean, I think that's that's not that, as expensive as I thought it was. With Amazon in December. Oh my gosh, we're such sheep. Um, you can also, if you have a street legal four by four vehicle, I love this class. They have at storm rally for two grand. You can just drive it. You, you're not, you're not like scored. It's just a non-racing adventure tour. Dude, we you use some of the okay. course and then you get, you get food. It's here's, basically just a truck or car or here's the Jeep deal. Here's what we're doing. Joyride. We're going to take your CRV uh, outside it's a competition rally vehicle, yeah. Honda CRV, and we're going to go down there and we're going to we're going to drive that class and we're going to do podcasts. It is every a, night. It is all. It is four wheel drive. Yeah, let's do it. They make lift kits for that. Well, there's thing a too. picture of me on their website. I'm just looking at the website. <laughs> that's, that's embarrassing. You're embarrassing yourself uh, now. Yeah, just it popped up right in front of me. This is what happens when we have an afternoon show, evening show, and Quinn starts drinking beer. Start reliving the good old days. Yeah, I'm I'm all about this this time <laughs> this this rally or this race the CRV thing though. I think we should do. Yeah, that. yeah. I mean, it's my daily driver. Race we all gotta, day, podcast at night. It's a great vehicle. It's a 2011. I don't even know what year that is. It's yeah. nice Honda CRV. Basically inspired the Honda HRC rally team to get into the Dakar rally. Was that car? <laughs> It wasn't right. you. Um, no. Other events coming up. We got to give some love to our sponsors. Climb has non-rally event and kind of weird, but if you're living somewhere where it's frozen and you're cold and you got motorcycle withdraws bad, you can go to their frozen cow tag snow bike ride, March 11th and 12th, Island Park, Idaho. It's right in their back door. You go up to Island Park, beautiful place, right on the edge of Yellowstone. Yeah. Thousands of acres of snowmobiling and snow bike riding. And they set up these tags and trees and bushes and crap out there. And then they give you a GPS route to follow to find them. And you got to prove you were there. The more you find, the more chances you get to win prizes. There's like $10,000 worth of prizes at the end and a dinner and a bunch of hooligans. Wow. Hanging out in Idaho riding snow bikes. Never ridden a snow bike. It looks, it looks like a lot of fun, but it looks a little bit cold. It's cold by nature. Yes, it has to be yeah. cold for a snow bike to work. That's the default. So climb, trail tech, and timber sled are up there, you know, doing their snow bike thing if you're into that deal. Like if you're already cold, just yeah, go I mean, ride your motorcycle. Yeah, if you live in the snow, yeah, at least <laughs> you it. get out riding, right? Yeah, do it. Don't be scared. Don't just let your motorcycle continue to be a motorcycle in the I, garage. I Turn it into a snowmobile. I don't know how like a motorcycle lives through getting turned into a snow bike like it so it has this uh, giant track giant thing that's as, as big as this table and a, a it has big, three three yeah. fork tubes on the front because you can't make put, a fork stiff enough and they put like cardboard in front of the radiators or block off one radiator because yeah. the engine runs too cold if you it's can't got get radiators. them warm enough you have to insulate the engine to get them warm enough to run then they put five gallons of gas on the back because they use they a lot of gas because it's wide yeah, open dirt bike has you know two gallon gas tank. So yeah, you're not going to go very far. And if you run out of gas out there, you're not, mm -mm. You're, yeah, I don't know. You're it in seems crazy, but it's, uh, it's interesting. I've done it quite a bit. I've ridden every snow bike iteration there's ever been, you know, being a magazine dork and, uh, it's cool, but it's not like riding a motorcycle necessarily. It's pretty trippy and you are wide open pretty much all day. And you're like, is this good for my motorcycle? But it's cold. There's no dust. The engines yeah. don't get hot. They run fine. Hmm. And you're just cruising along. <laughs> it's great durability you testing. You got to have like a winter bike and a summer bike. I don't know if I, I would advise that. Take my dirt bike and like then turn it back into a dirt bike in the in There's the a lot of there's a lot of modifications to them too. Like I mean, you're going to have heated grips on this bike. You're not going to necessarily yeah. have those on your hard enduro bike that you ride in the summer. Like definitely. 
you could there's a there's a case for keeping them separate. Looks sure. cool though. We need to go. Do, we need to go try that some someday. They'll probably let us go try. It. They have a few of them. They got a garage full of toys up there. Talking about people that like toys, man, the guys that climb love toys. They got snowmobiles, dirt bikes, street bikes. What Indians like baggers. All sorts of stuff for making their silly motorcycle gear, which we're going to give away $1,000 soon, I promise. Uh, the other cool event on the calendar that's coming up, eh, not fairly soon, but this is something you can plan for like an early summer vacation. Giant Loop Ride, 11th annual Giant Loop Ride, June 3rd and 5th. So you're like in the eastern Oregon, yeah, based out of the hot springs. You can Whoa. camp there. You can hook up. You can get like a lodge or a cabin or something there. Or you can just where is it? Hang out in your tent. Crane Hot Springs. Crane Hot Springs. Eastern Oregon. Nice. You know they're gonna have demo rides. I think those Harley Davidson guys show up for that demo ride up there. You could finally ride one of those Pan Americas you've been trying to get me to let you ride. I know. I still haven't ridden one of those things. I want to try that. I think you're gonna like it. I doubt so it. You're gonna be surprised. Uh, but they have a really cool event. You should go to their website. You'll see the link there. I'm not gonna tell you how to find things on websites yeah uh, but my favorite part about this event is what's included for riders you get gps tracks you get on-site medics yay that's great hot springs camping for free if you're camping just hang out if you want to hook up your rv or something you got to pay for that you get two dinners and two breakfasts because i love food micro brew beer and other adult beverages plus coffee water and soft drinks and snacks included perfect you don't have to bring anything just your bike yeah fourth bullet point in that should be the first bullet point giant loop marketing department put that at the top of the page you also get a t-shirt you get a zigzag handlebar bag nice you get lots of stuff demo rides but yeah cool rides it's big country so you can go on an adventure and get lost and camp you know have an adventure that's fun yeah Looks looks cool. I just found it on their website. Yeah. Very Everybody cool. check out the Giant Loop Ride. Highly recommend. Um, and the KTM Adventure Rider Rally is back on, I heard. Not officially announced, but a bird over there told me in September it's going to be in McCall, Idaho. It's going to be somewhere. And uh, yeah. Sometime. We're, uh, we're excited to have the KTM Adventure Rider Rally back because we've gone now two years without it. Yeah. And uh, any chance of ultimate adventure racer competition coming back? I don't know. I don't know that the ultimate ultimate race will be back for uh, 2022, but we definitely have some ideas to try to mix some stuff up and uh, maybe make it a little bit different than, than what we've done in the past at the KTM rally. So I think uh, it's going to be exciting and for sure a good time. Because the ultimate race was awesome. That was pretty cool. I, I set Jesse cool. up to race the ultimate race. I did it twice. His opportunity to to basically get to go race the Marzuga Rally in Morocco. All he had to do was perform. All I, had to I do gave him a factory bike. Get in the top two, right? Yeah. He couldn't pull it off. I got fourth. It was close. I was the second loser. Behind Kellen right. Walsh, who won a Dakar stage. This baloney. Well, hey, you know. No, I wasn't. I wasn't that close to third and fourth, second place. <laughs> I wasn't fourth place. But you did it, and you had fun. It's cool. It's really cool. I think people love riding their adventure bikes in a competition environment that isn't like a motocross race, obviously, or even a hare and hound like you're going to do this weekend, which is kind of insane. But they like to ride their bike and have somewhat of a goal or a competitive spirit while you're riding an adventure bike. It's really a combination that fits because it kind of feels like a dirt bike, but you respect it the whole time. So it pushes these weird limits you have and it makes kind of boring roads kind of fun if you're paying attention to navigation and stuff. Yeah. So the the ultimate race, so those of you that maybe don't know what it was is we KTM had a, um, gave a chance for two competitors to win the opportunity to go race 
the Merzuga Rally in Morocco on 790 Adventures when the 790 Adventure was first released. And we had these competition qualifiers at every adventure rally around the world. So mm-hmm. Australia had one, US, um, South Africa, Europe. Canada. Canada. Yeah. And I kind of designed the competition at our event. And every country did it a little bit different. And um, what I did was I made like a navigation, a GPS navigation element to the to the event. So we had... A, um, a really vague GPS track. It was like one of those GPS tracks you see, and it's just a straight line going across like the the topographic lines, and then it turns at another random angle, the, and then turns the other yeah. way. And you have to figure out which road gets you to this GPS waypoint. Not yeah. a. It was like it, a string line car. between waypoints, yeah. and you had to just find the right road that took you. the The line was just there for general direction like you have to get to this point you have to get to this point and if you follow those points you'll get to the right spot but we're not giving you the route to the points yeah and then we had uh and you had the each point was worth a certain number of points and then we had time special tests in between and so it was yeah. like really cool competitive thing we had one that was like partially on a motocross track and then went mm-hmm. into the woods into the and, woods yeah you know and then i had think i had like a 10 mile or 45 minute enduro test was that was 45 minutes in a off-road riding park i think the f- the fast guys were 45 minutes i think you were like an hour and 15. no i think i was 45 minutes behind yeah <laughs> they uh and it was so many turns in there that you were like whoa nope not this way and then you would find and you're navigating it you're navigating time, so. and then if you wrote it and you kind of like well now i'm thinking like quinn so i I would probably go over there and you would start guessing, right? Like you hear these guys when we talk to them about Dakar, they're like, now I'm finally understanding the road book and the jerk that made it. You could have that experience following Quinn's stupid route. So it was, it was a fun, it was a fun thing. Yeah. And, you know, we did it for a couple of years through KTM and, you know, we're going to bring that back. Yeah. We might some have to, we have to bring some, some kind of fun navigation. Yeah. Stupid adventure bike event. I back. think we could do it at the KTM event. I think Dakar rally daily could host, a navigation challenge with Rally Navigator. We'll build road books. We'll hand everybody, we'll upload them to their devices, their phones yeah. or their tablets or whatever. And we'll say, good luck. You're not going to find these waypoints. We've take, gone to this Saudi Arabian school of Rally Navigation road book building, and we're going to confuse you. Yeah, and, you know, we and we're going to just time you. We did that one year at the Tour Tech Rally. So Tour Tech invited mm-hmm. me to come up to, to Plain, Washington. And yeah set up a, a road book in the, you know, in the, around the rally site. And we right. had a full, like somewhat competitive navigation rally event. Yeah. And guys showed up, these guys rode down from Canada and they had the road books on their bikes and you know, dudes were like coming out People of the woodwork hungry to, for it. They're hungry for it. It's going. So everybody mark this down. KTM adventure rider rally. There's going to be a Dakar rally daily. Easy navigation now, challenge easy, easy. it's happening gotta- <laughs> it's happening i'm talking to the ktm Just, team okay. soon you talk to them yeah. <laughs> i think i have a meeting on monday about that and i'm not going to bring that up well i'll call in i have your zoom call information i'll just interrupt that meeting perfect um those are all the top events i had on my list today that i wanted to make sure all you motorcycle weirdos knew about they're pretty good ones there's a lot of stuff coming on. And then it's going to be summer. There's going to be a yeah, rally here, an adventure route. There's a get on ADV fest. I've seen some stuff about that. Yeah, I think um, Tour Tech Rally. They've got Tour a Tech East and West Rally. Yep. All kinds of kinds of stuff. Who knows what's going to come up, but we'll probably do more shows to talk about more stuff. That's the way it works. Should we give something away? Yeah, I think we should. Let's let's bust right. this out. We've been talking about basically <laughs> I don't know. Basically what, nothing for 30 minutes, so. So, we do want to talk about we ran a little data about Sam Sunderland. Quinn has a unique way of figuring out on my uh, scratch paper how how you win a rally in hindsight. It's it's easy to determine how you win the race. <laughs> so, yeah, when I was racing I used to always look at at the numbers and what the guys who were winning were doing. And, you know, Good in thinking. those days it was, you know, it was mainly Cyril and and Mark Coma and, you know, I, I realized that those guys weren't just going out and winning the race. Like they weren't just going winning every stage. They were sometimes not even winning any stages, but still winning and, the race. But they were overall. finishing and they were finishing always within a certain distance of the lead. Um, they were never they were, losing to people that, that were, were in front of them. 
Yeah, or if they were, it was they were losing by a small margin or mm. whatever. They're trying to stay consistent as possible. And, you know, they were finishing in the top five and six every day. And so I always kind of took that as like I would analyze what, what they did to win the rally that year. Mm. And we did this last year, and we, we talked about it last year a little bit, but last year was completely the opposite of what I expected to where – Guys, you know, the guys that won the rally were winning four and five stages. Yeah. They were, you know, average finish was was like third or 3.3 or something like that. Which is incredibly high. Like, you're yeah. trying to win every Considering stage. Considering, like, you know, back in the day when Mark Coma and, and Cyril Dupree, their average finish would be like, you know, 6.5 or, you know, 7 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so this year was was a bit of a kind of a snapback to the, to the old days because it – it really kind of changed things up and you know we saw i i ran some numbers and so basically sam sunderland what what he did to win the rally was he finished his average time behind the leader so this is the number of minutes behind the first place rider of the day of the day yeah. not necessarily his main competition but just the first place rider on so that day every day he finished his average finish behind first place that day was it's just under eight minutes so worst so. case scenario he lost eight minutes on average well, on average total throughout yeah. the whole round. okay got so it. his worst his worst stage he lost 25 minutes mm-hmm. but on average when you total everything up his stage win everything all together it was right at about eight minutes uh-huh and his average stage finish, the position that he finished was 9.5. And if you remember, he was in control of this race for a long time. Yeah. Basically, ninth, most of the race. On average, ninth place. So, And on average, giving up eight minutes a day. Yep. But he was in first and second place a lot overall. Like yeah. <laughs> almost so every day. It's interesting to see how this rally kind of formed in, in 2021 versus 2020. And I think the difficult navigation and kind of the tricks that the organizers were throwing at the guys made it kind of brought it back to what the race used to be a little bit. You couldn't go for it. You well, were nervous were to, go to go for it. You couldn't out. go for it. Yeah. You couldn't go first. Nobody wanted to win. Or you're like, I don't have another 30 minutes to give up. Like I'm already scratching back the 30 minutes I lost on day one. Yeah. So, mm. you know, Sam had that one bad day where he lost 25 minutes, but every other day, I mean, it was rarely under rarely over 10 minutes there was only one other day that he lost 11 minutes and you know other than that it was you know pretty exceptional that's pretty interesting that's the data dump that really gets your head turning about this race and how it's not it's not just like it's not a normal race it's so much more complicated than just going out and winning one day and then going out and getting third and second and third and And second it's like no he's and the funny ninth. thing is, yeah, and and he was he had the best average finish of anyone in the rally, of course, because he won. Because he won, right? sure, right. And Pablo Quintanilla, who finished second, averaged nine point nine, ninth, so basically tenth it's, place. It's a half average. a position different average yeah. will put you in the second place. Three minutes difference total, you know. So <laughs> it's it's, a, uh, it's immensely complicated, and also extremely close at the end of the race. That's cool. We have another show planned that's all data weirdness. I don't but know. If I I don't know. Do we got to find some I data people like, to crunch some numbers. I was gonna do. I was gonna do a spreadsheet. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I seriously wanted to do a spreadsheet with like everyone's time and do, and look at everything, and then I just went no. I was working okay. on spreadsheets all day at work, and I didn't want to do that when I went home. <laughs> we'll work on getting you motivated. Yeah. So uh, I did it on a scratch paper here in the Cycle News office. Well. By hand. I'm not lazy. I did a spreadsheet about who's going to win our contest for that $1,000 climb gift card. All right. So we're going to rev up the auto number generator here. Yeah, we are. First of all, there's 105 eligible people for this award. 105. 200 and some content. Well, they had to like, comment, share, take a buddy, make make us laugh. Right. Give us something insightful about the rally on our Instagram page. And the thread was great. Yeah, we had a lot Dude, of people. Loved it. Talking some trash. Talking sure. trash to their buddies. Talking trash to us. That's fine. We deserve it. But let me plug this in here. We have a rum, random number generator. Wish we had one of those beep boop sounds. 
We just need like a like a, one of those spinning things, uh, like spinning you do wheel, for bingo, and then you just like <laughs> pick a number spin it and pick the number out. Well, we will work on that with our sponsors next year. We'll add that into their budget. All right, here's the number. So we're going between one and one oh five, between one and one hundred and five. That's a lot of people. Right. We'll hit the big button here. That's my number generator sound, sound fix. All right, it's number 73 on this list. That we is got? Chris Brumel or Brumel. Chris Brumel. 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 We're going to call it Brumel. Brumel. Okay, I'm going to look him up on Instagram right now. Very cool. Well, Chris, you just won yourself a $1,000 uh, climb gift card. Yes, you did. Pretty, pretty lucky guy. It's kind of stoked. You can buy a Too lot. Too we didn't have his phone number. We just call him right now oh, live yeah. on the air. And Next year, we'll make yeah. him put their phone numbers in the comments so people can. I don't know if that'll work. Maybe they can, yeah. <laughs> they can call him back. I'll send him a direct message. And yeah, uh, message him right now. Maybe we can okay. get him. Maybe he'll send his number. We can give him a call and interview him on see why he listened to I'll do that. us talk for two weeks. I mean, who would be on Instagram right now? Message. Jesse is. Jesse's on Instagram while he's trying to do a podcast. <laughs> Chris, you won. I think there was there was a little bit of drama on that last day that we didn't talk about. Um, Kevin Kevin Benavides actually crashed on the road section. Ooh, so this is inside information that we just found out after the race, right? Yep, yep. So second, you know, KTM group rider to crash on a road section during the rally. Um, he was supposed to lead out for Sam Sunderland. That's not a good stat for your team. You don't want these guys crashing on the pavement on the way to the race. I mean, it just shows that how gnarly this race is. And like your brain is fried if you're doing that. Yeah, you're. you're and well, Daniel was blinded I, I don't by know what the happened. street yeah. and hit a curb. We don't know what happened to Kevin, but that's. But I mean, t- these guys are just dragging ass, oh, getting out of bed at three o'clock imagine. in the morning, and you know, getting on their bikes in the freezing cold, and then having these brain farts or whatever, you know, just lapse in conversation or you know, concentration and. And mm-hmm. crashing on the road sections and i mean that it happened a lot in argentina you would see guys crash on the on the street because the roads in argentina they were wet and slick and you know you go over mountain passes and things like that so but the guy that was supposed to lead out for the leader of the rally <laughs> crashes almost crashed himself out of the race oh my gosh and then, you know he was able to get up and get going and he he hurt his hand and i think he he struggled a bit in that stage but pretty uh pretty wild information there for sure and um you know i think sam was probably pretty nervous that that last stage i can't imagine what was going through kevin's head after his you know he dnfs basically mechanical dnf his bike breaks on you know two days before that comes back wins the stage by a little bit it's kind of redemption style and he's going to lead out his you know teammate essentially <laughs> he yeah, the, only, it on the, the only street. reason he's in the race <laughs> oh the God. only reason he's in the race is to help his team right otherwise you know he might as well just go home and that happens to him so i don't know if there's a car involved or what exactly yeah, happened but it, it was uh it was kind of a sketchy deal for for them for sure i don't think chris believes me no he said chris you won the gift card he said really yes send me your phone number and we will call you <laughs> <laughs> he's like what like we why oh, would, you're, maybe you this will. is like one of those fake contests yeah on, on instagram that you're this isn't uh, a fake <laughs> yeah send me your bank account information and yeah. i'll just deposit it into your bank want more That'd followers we did it we called we stalked our winner on instagram and we got his phone number we got him off on the phone just it's, like that. It's surprisingly easy to get people's number on Instagram. <laughs> I know. I had no idea it was gonna be that easy. So, Social security number. Yeah. It did it did birth. cross my mind that it was like a prank or something. Yeah, it sounds a little suspicious. <laughs> hey, you just want a gift card. Send me your bank account information. <laughs> so this is Chris Brumel, and he just won the one thousand dollar climb gift card from Dakar Rally Daily. And what's up, Chris? Congratulations, first of all. Thanks for commenting. Um, I liked your comment about us being as tired as everybody else, which is not possible at the rally. What's happened? Yeah. What have you been doing? How how do you love rally? Like, tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Um, I, well, you know, I would sit there and watch the trackers every night and just like, I don't know, huge fanboy for Ali. I grew up like backpacking and everything and riding motorcycles. So I love maps and yeah. So I just love maps and motorcycles and put them together. It just makes everything better. Um, but you know, it's been fun listening to the last, uh, last year and this year, the podcast, um, really entertaining and also like you know the little 30 minute spiel on NBC or this year on Olympic channel is just kind of like okay that was slightly uh, okay (laughs) but it airs like 12 hours later too so it's like by the time Instagram and everything hits it's like uh yeah you've already you've already seen it all you know yeah you've seen it yeah there's so much more going on every day like so much happens. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, and by if you watch it on NBC, it's like they're all asleep at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> they're not talking. So, where are you from? Where do yeah. you live? Um, North County, San Diego. Oh, wow. Uh, You're really close to us then. Yeah. Nice. That so, was on purpose. Right? Grew up. I didn't save on postage. <laughs> I'm not saving postage here. <laughs> that wasn't on purpose. Never win anything. My wife always wins stuff. Well, now you can show so her what's up. This is. <laughs> I'm just gonna like drop the podcast to her and just be like, "Yeah, you should listen to this." Do it. I was trying to get her to like listen to re- the podcast this year. She's like, "I don't have time." I'm like, mm. okay. Yeah, we don't our have. Wives, our wives won't listen so, either. Yeah, we don't have time to make a podcast, <laughs> but we still showed up. <laughs> my uh, wife makes me yeah. like, tell her the results yeah. at home but she, I'm happened. like just listen to the podcast she's like no <laughs> just tell me what happened so do you ride around this area yeah. quite a bit yeah um, I have a <laughs> I have a, a dual sport or KTM uh, 450 EXC nice. so nice. I got sick of like not being able to like ride through Antebrago and like take trails to like get to different places. Mm-hmm. So I, yep. Uh, about 10 years ago, I got a plated bike. So, um, and now I like ride fire roads and, you know, All the go trails, through Akatia and Glamis and everything. And yeah. So you're, you're in which is fun because like, putting a big tank on my bike all my friends were making fun of me i was like yeah but i get like 300 miles of range now yeah that's only funny when you're not riding uh you're gonna run into quinn out there that's his r&d testing stomping grounds you're gonna run into some weird you know hybrid bike that doesn't have any graphics on it with some monkey on top you're gonna be like what's this guy doing out here and it's gonna be quinn Anza Brago is my little secret spot. I probably shouldn't, I shouldn't say it, but yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't go to Ocotillo Wells to be quite honest. I'm like, it's, it's so full of side-by-side bumps and yeah. garbage oh, that I'm yeah. like, I can't ride there. And, and like a mile away is, are these beautiful canyons that are smooth as glass and perfect for adventure bikes and dual sport bikes yeah. and everything else. And you just see people riding over the same beat up bumps in Ocotillo Wells. <laughs> so, well, that's most of my friends go out to Ocotillo Wells and like, I just, from my house, I just jump on my bike and I take like, I have a bunch of different tracks that will get me out to where they're camping. Oh, nice. And so I'll leave before sunup and ride through sunup through, um, Antebrago and like be at their camp for breakfast. And just like, like where'd Dakar, you park? Dakar simulation. Yeah. <laughs> Dakar simulation. Yeah. So what are you going to, what are you going to buy with this climb gift card? Oh, geez. Um, well, it's funny because just for like cruising longer miles on the road, I've been looking at either like Latitude or Carlsbad, like jacket and pants, just yeah. to be able to throw on. Because I've been for years, I've been, I don't know if I want like the 700 Tenere or KTM yeah. 790. I'm looking for a used KTM 790. Um, but yeah, just a bike that I can like ride to um Alaska. Yeah. So that'll do it. Perfect. Yeah. Um yeah, and Carl's some gear for that that'll keep me warm. Yep. <laughs> yeah, either one of those sets is solid for so, that. And they're 
they'll last forever. The, <laughs> a, a funny thing with this too is I had an old dual sport helmet and I've been looking for a new dual sport helmet for yes. probably a year and a half. Well, and the climb cryos has been on the list. Yeah. It's really good. And it's yeah, that's funny. That's a good helmet actually. Because, well, I just got one two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> nice perfect now you're gonna have matching and I kit. had I I literally had this thought I was like you know what I'll probably win the gift card now that I got this <laughs> hey, at least the right guy the right guy won the gift card I mean we've got he's like a legit dual sport guy and you know has climb gear this is perfect he's making plans to go to Alaska you it's are like the core customer you're a climb poster boy well uh, we really appreciate you listening and everybody else listening and it's cool meeting you and talking to you. Now we can go riding cause you're right in our neighborhood. Yeah. So yeah. Congrats. We'll send you a All gift right. card. Maybe we might Thanks, send guys. you. Really a, appreciate it. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Awesome. For sure. Thanks for, thanks for listening and uh, congratulations. We'll, uh, we'll catch up with you and get your, uh, get all your info and get you that gift card. Yep. I'll call you at a normal time of the day. <laughs> All right. uh, what time is it normal? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows anymore? <laughs> Not for me. All right. Thanks, Chris. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Later. Cheers. Bye. Well, that worked out. That's like the yeah. right guy that should win the gift I mean, card. I'm glad it wasn't like one of those just random Instagram commenter <laughs> a robot that like, didn't even ride. Yeah, didn't even ride a motorcycle. Just like contest yeah. comment. Contest comment. Um, I love everything about your show. Good, good job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's cool. We have real people. It's confirmed that real people real actually people do to listen us. to this show. We even talked to one of them. And we have his show. phone number and we can yeah. prove that so he's a real person. We do have people that listen. Thanks, Chris, for being a real person. You really made our day. Well, uh, that's kind of our random wrap-up show. I'm going to call it the random wrap-up show. Um, Quinn, what else do you have to talk about today? Man, I, I mean... Any I other bad we, ideas for podcasts you have coming up in your head? I mean, we do have some pretty bad ideas i don't know we'll, we do. we'll have to see how it goes and see we're gonna wait to we reveal those later one. you know we maybe some other racing some oh you know what we want to talk about rally navigator updated software that's right so if you are not familiar with rally navigator you should be if you've been listening to this because we've been talking it up a bunch right and it not only gives you the tools to build professional road books if you're going to do a professional one but it gives you like the language skills to understand what roadbooks are. I mean, I've, I've always said it is the best way to, to learn to navigate is to build roadbooks. And yes, you know, you really get gain an understanding of, of navigation by building roadbooks and you can literally just sit at home and practice building roadbooks and learn so from cool this stuff. But, um, um, and Mike actually sent me a link to, yeah, download his beta version of his new desktop software, which is really exciting. Pretty cool. And I got to say, I haven't done it yet because I've just been too busy and I need to get it on my laptop. So the big differences here but, is desktop, laptop, computer-based system. You don't have to be connected to the internet to do all the mapping and all that kind of stuff. It's got a new mapping system in the background, Mapbox, I believe they're using. Yep. So you have 3D renderings of your routes, if, if you want to go there, um, there's some other really cool tools in there. It's faster. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that the you know, some of the limitations I think in the past have been that, you know, you're limited by your internet connection on as far as speed and different things. So I think, yep. you know, the, the new beta version is, is coming and, uh, you know, but the current the current stuff is is really amazing and you know like i said i've used it for years and i've i've watched i mean i was one of the early users and i've watched them change and just keep making it better just keep making it better and better and better and you know there's some some really cool stuff there and you know you can share roadbooks with your friends you can you know yeah. if you have a, a subscription you can share back and forth you can make edits on roadbooks and do all kinds of stuff like that so yeah so check it out get your buddies to do one together you won't regret it. It's super fun. And if you go to the KTM Adventure Rider Rally after I have this important meeting with the executives at KTM next week, you'll be able to participate in a rally navigation roadbook led event. 
Jesse's claiming it right now. After I clear that one executive hurdle or two or three at KTM. We might, we might know somebody over there. We could. I'm knocking down those doors, demanding where my race team applications are for that factory contract, and I want to have this event on the docket at the Adventure Rider Rally. Boom. It's going to happen. It's, Thanks to Rally Navigator. It's doable. I think we could do this. Heck yeah, I, it's doable. We'll work it. We could build a little road book. I started a fake radio show. Anything's possible. Follow <laughs> your dreams, kids. That's right. Just... Thanks a yeah. lot to Climb for sponsoring us this year. Those guys, they really, they just like racing and motorcycles, and that fits with us just perfectly. And then, obviously, Rally Navigator. We just got done talking about them, but talk about building a software system for the niche, niches of niches in the world, Rally Navigation. In fact, you had an idea right. to interview Mike about why, what weird bird landed on his shoulder and told him he should build... I think that would navigation be interesting, software interesting, for rally racing for sure interesting so cool interview because, so yeah that's going to be on the dock and it's such a cool thing because when you're into it you're like super into it and you start building these road books and and i mean i i start dreaming the, the about them when you're one thing but i'm i'm a like a super nerd when it comes to google earth mm-hmm. and for me when i can when I can get in there and look like fly over stuff on Google earth and find new trails and find different ways to get places. And, and you're, it's like, you're going there. You're, it's like you have a helicopter to fly around in. And so yeah. I'll have three different monitors going with, you know, Google earth satellite <laughs> images and rally navigator on one. And I'm like going back and forth. And so Make it you're in the right spot. You can literally spend hours and hours on, on there just, creating these road books and clicking around and finding new places to go. And we got to see how it started. Super, super cool. So I, I definitely would be curious to see what clicked in his brain to, yeah. to decide he wanted to start a software that it's next interview for road book rallies. Next interview coming up. I like it. Um, thanks again to them. Like they stepped up unsolicited, ran into us, said, Hey, could you tell people about this? We want to sponsor you and we love it. Thank you very much. Yeah, very cool. We got our Moto. boys at Moto Minded who, man, talk about the easy way to build a rally bike. You look at these rally bikes, they're complicated. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot going on. A lot on of crap on there. For sure. And Moto Minded built literally a bolt-on kit for your dirt bike. It'll fit right on there. You can put all your stuff on there to navigate with. Looks yeah. great. Wind Looks screen, super cool. Headlight. has a windscreen. has a factory, <clears throat> factory rally bike headlight fairing on it which is cool. That's cool looking. It's not something some guy made in his shop with a heat gun. It's real. It's a real deal. He's not plastic welding, which Quinn says is not a thing, but I disagree. And uh, it looks good. Check it out. Rally Moto Kit at motominded.com. You're not going to regret spending some time on that website and looking at stuff for your bike. Ooh, got some cool stuff on there. You make you want to rewire all the things on your bike. You're like, ooh, my bike, my bike's Once a hot you look mess. At his, his stuff, and you'll be like, man, I, I got a lot of wires in in the wrong place. I'm messy. My bike. Yeah. I got a lot of zip ties holding wires in weird spots. Or electrical tape. Clean that stuff up. Sorry, Chris. I know it probably bothers you whenever you look at my bike. So go to Motomita, check that out. Speaking of Jesse's bike, that bike hasn't moved. That bike is a long fine. time. It's got everything it needs to be operational in the garage. It just needs to get worked on. It'll probably just run now. <laughs> I did the tour Idaho on that bike and then I parked it. <laughs> we need to get you out on the dual sport. It's been raining around here and I know. No dual sport Jesse this year. Baby watch, Jesse. Yeah. Remember? Can't get too far from home. Baby watch. Um giant loop. They're awesome. They yep. make they make really cool straps that hold all my crap together. Giant Loop always does it. Always do a good job. I mean, they make really good luggage too, Love but the, I'm really geeking out about their straps and their cold weather hand guards. The straps are good. <laughs> yeah, they are. I actually Strong have one, strap. I have one holding my kids. I have like this rope swing that's in the in the tree in front of my house. And I had to kind of rig it up there with straps. And then I found I could take a, one of those giant loop straps and strap two branches together. Like give it a little extra Make it strength. Stronger. Yeah, so because kids are growing, it's totally safe for sure. <laughs> but I got giant loop straps holding my kids' rope swing. And we front take yard, our sponsorship so. seriously around here. Yep, good stuff. Yep. And pretty much every day on all our durability bikes at KTM, they're holding 
the tire the repair kit, and the, tool yeah, bag, yeah, and the uh, inner tubes. And so they're proven. On. You don't have to doubt it. Just buy a whole bunch of the pronghorn straps. Buy a couple of each size. You'll use them. Yep. And hold and your kids. Mojave, Mojave saddlebags. I've used yep. those for, uh, I don't even want to say how long now, but I'm going to say 15, 16 years now. Yeah. Um, There's nothing wrong with them. Yeah. They keep using know, them. Use the heck out of those things. So yeah, they got lots of stuff. Again, all these cool companies have a lot of cool stuff. It just makes you want to go riding. And that's the point. And when you're going riding, put a double take mirror on your bike so you can look at your loser friends behind you when you pass them. It's the only thing you need a mirror on your dual sport for. Yeah, laughing at your buddies as they're looping out behind you up a technical section and a double take mirror will take a loop out and come back for more because it's super tough yeah, and it, some, you can actually point it in the right spot and see behind you it's a miracle <laughs> some some beefy mirrors for sure and you can you can actually they're usable mirrors so yeah. that's that's the whole point of a double take is <laughs> yes. that you can see behind you while you're riding brilliant idea Ned. Yeah. good job yet they yet they fold away out of the way so when you're riding off-road you don't need a mirror you just fold them down and they're out of the way and gone and they're perfect that's it folks that's the last show for now all right for now we may do something between now and next year or we may not yeah we don't have any contractual obligations to do anything now we'll see later